Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin.
on the, is that the 25th? The 25th? Next Sunday. Next Sunday, so next Sunday evening, uh, Miss Ginger and I are gonna do a little concert over at uh, Vista Park after our uh, evening, evening service. And uh, she has some special guests coming in uh, from the East Coast, and so we thought we would do just a little small concert, maybe about 30 minutes or so. All right, so you, you might want to plan to be there. Everyone, of course, is, uh, is invited uh, to be a part of it. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis as we continue studying the life of this young man named Joseph. And Joseph becomes the prime minister in Egypt. Now, when we left off last time, we had uh, looked at Joseph there in prison when the chief butler and baker had been thrown into prison for offending the Pharaoh. And the scripture doesn't tell us exactly what they did, but they, they did enough to tick him off and get thrown into prison. And while they were there in prison, they both dreamed dreams. And Joseph provided the interpretation of those dreams. And as he interpreted, so those dreams came true. The baker was hanged, and the butler was restored to his position as the cupbearer for the Pharaoh. But Joseph also made a request. He said, now when, you, when you're restored, remember me. Remember me because I have done nothing deserving of being placed in this dungeon. And so time went on. And we're in the 41st chapter in the book of Genesis. And so we'll begin at verse 1. Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he stood by the river. Suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second dream. And suddenly seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the east wind, sprang up after them. And the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream in one night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass, just as he interpreted for us. So it happened. He restored me to my office, and he hanged him. That is, the butler, the baker, excuse me. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph 
And they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Let us pray, please. Our Father in God, again we come to you and we give thanks to you for being a God of love, a God of compassion and mercy. Father, we lift up to you those within our congregation who are ill, those who are struggling with grief. We pray your healing, your comfort, your tender touch as only you can give. And Lord, we thank you for your holy word and for the life of Joseph. We pray, Father, that as we study your word, that you will be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts and illuminate our minds, our spirits, our understanding. And then, Father, may we take these lessons and apply them to our lives in the hope that we bring honor and glory to you and be of service in the kingdom of God sharing your love and your truth with others. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so Pharaoh has some troubling dreams. And they're really, even though two dreams, they're really one dream. But two years elapsed since the uh, butler was restored to his position. Joseph made that request, remember me. But two full years went by. And later on in this, in this chapter, it tells us that when Joseph was brought before Pharaoh, he was 30 years old. Now, you'll recall that he was 17 when his brothers sold him into slavery. So here he's been away from his family for 13 years. And in that 13-year period, he was both a servant, a slave, and a prisoner in jail. Joseph's story is really the ultimate rags to riches, if you will, story. And if anyone had the right to complain, if anyone had the right to be bitter, to be angry, to be filled with, with uh, hatred, it was Joseph. But Joseph was the exact opposite. We're told in the scripture that no matter what the circumstance was in his life, God was with him. That communicates to us that Joseph's heart was right with God. And he cultivated that relationship. Now, you have to wonder what happened in those, those two years that, that he waited Two years in a dungeon. Two years in a pit. Loneliness. Work, frustration. But how about trust, hope, and prayer? We studied in our Sunday school lesson this morning. God's faithfulness. He established a covenant with, with Abraham. And with all of Abraham's offspring. And the Bible teaches that, that we are the spiritual offspring of Abraham. 
We've been adopted into the family of God. God is faithful. There in the dungeon, God was refining Joseph and preparing him for this position of leadership. And all too often when Christians find themselves in very difficult situations or very, very unpleasant circumstances, the prayer is, God, get me out of here. Get me out of this. Or, why did you allow this to happen in my life? When in fact, God may actually be using that circumstance or that, that difficult situation to refine and to, to grow, to mature a Christian. So that at the end of that refining process, they are ready to do a great work for God. Or rather, that God is able to do a great work through their lives. This was the case with Joseph. Now, Pharaoh had these dreams and he was troubled by these dreams. He, he knew that there was something significant about these dreams. And so when he wakes up in the morning, he calls for his magicians and his wise men. Now, in the, in the Hebrew, it's really men who were versed in the sacred writings. They were intelligent. As a matter of fact, they were considered some of the most, if not the most, intelligent men within Pharaoh's kingdom. But they couldn't interpret the dream. And uh, Charles Wendell, he says, I, I like the fact that they were honest because they said, we don't know. They didn't try to make something up like so many people do. They said, we don't know. So no one was able to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. Ah, but then Joseph was remembered. The butler realized, hmm, he had forgotten all about Joseph. Well, he was so happy that he, that the, the interpretation came true and that, you know, he kept his head, right, and uh, was able to serve in Pharaoh's palace once again. He forgot all about Joseph. But God never forgets, amen? People will forget you. But God never forgets. I remember one time, uh, right here at Nellis, when I was stationed out here at Nellis, and we were walking into the uh, administrative, uh, our squadron headquarters, and the first sergeant was talking to a, to a young troop in there. And I, as I was walking by, I heard him telling this young guy, well, you need to straighten your life out. And you need to understand, nobody cares about you. Well, you don't even know if your mother cares about you. <laughs> but you better care for yourself. <laughs> and I thought, my goodness, what a cruel thing to say. But you know what? God cares for you. As a matter of fact, the scripture teaches, when my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will lift me up. Amen. Because God does not forsake us. And so the butler recounted his experience with Joseph when they were in prison. And he shared that with Pharaoh. And so what does Pharaoh do? He orders that Joseph be brought before his presence. And so they run to the, to the dungeon and they get Joseph. And so he, 
he cleans himself up. He, he shaves and he, he puts on some clean clothing. Now, what has happened in our country with respect to dress? You see, Joseph was coming before Pharaoh. So he got cleaned up and he shaved and he put on nice new clothes. And some of these guys, I don't even know why they buy a belt. <laughs> and you know, they, they walk around like this, holding their pants up. My, my goodness. Well, Joseph, the scripture tells us that Joseph was very capable. And he was a handsome young man. And he cared about his appearance. A sort of resurrection, if you will, you see, because Joseph in his life is referred to as a type, if you will, a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejected by his own. Taken to Egypt. They sought to kill him. His own brothers sought to kill him. And that's what they sought to do with Jesus. You'll recall when the Magi came and uh, they informed Herod that they had come to worship the king of the Jews, right? What does Herod do? He wants to find out where he is so that he could have him killed. And he, he kills all of the babies who were two years and younger. But Joseph and Mary fled to Egypt. Where Joseph is found. So Joseph honors God. He's brought before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh recounts his, his dreams to Joseph. And then notice that Joseph doesn't take credit for being able to interpret the dream. He gives God the glory. He acknowledges God. If you learn any lesson from this message, learn this lesson. We are to give glory and honor to God. Everything and anything that we are able to do, it is because God has enabled us to do it. There are those who say, and, and even Moses, as he was teaching the Israelites in the wilderness, he says, you know, when we come into the land and you become wealthy, and you have nice homes to live in. Do not say that by my strength or by my arm I have gotten me this wealth. For it is the Lord who has enabled you to produce wealth and to be successful. Or in other words, give God the glory. Always. And so Pharaoh recounts his dreams. And Joseph interprets the dreams. And so let's, let's take a look at Joseph's response. Verse 25. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. 
The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. And the seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following, for it will be very severe. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice, because the thing is established by God and will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried out before him, Bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath paaneah and he gave him as a wife Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. Now in the seven plentiful years the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. He laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Then the seven years of plenty which were in the land of Egypt ended, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said, the famine was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, 
the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. Whatever he says to you, do. The famine was over all the face of the earth, and Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt, so all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain, because the famine was severe in all lands. Now notice, Joseph interpreted the dreams. And Joseph made it very clear to Pharaoh that God had shown Pharaoh what he was about to do, what was coming. Because our God is omniscient. Now there are people who refuse to accept the Bible. And they refuse to accept that God is able to speak to a person and reveal to that person what is to come in the future. Well, I'm here to tell you that God is able to do that. God has given us his holy word. And we said last time that God communicates with his people. But God is able to communicate through any way that he chooses to do so. But he primarily speaks to us through his holy word. Now notice that Pharaoh acknowledged God's spirit in Joseph. Joseph pointed out that it was God who gives the interpretations. So he witnesses to God. And we as God's children are to witness to him as well. And that means that we are to be cultivating our relationship with the Lord. We need to cultivate a sensitivity to the voice of God, the Holy Spirit. We need to cultivate a sensitivity to the voice of God as he speaks to us through God, the Holy Spirit, through his holy word. The only way that you can do that is by spending time alone with him. God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God the Father, the three are one. But you need to cultivate a relationship with Him by spending time alone with Him and allowing Him to speak through His Word to your life. Then Joseph is exalted over all the land of Egypt. Now, you take Joseph, here he is 30 years old, and in that, again, he is like the type of Christ, for Jesus was 30 years old when he was baptized and began his ministry on earth. Joseph, he sold into slavery, He's falsely accused of attempting to rape Potiphar's wife. He's thrown into prison. And he's, he's forgotten in there. Forgotten by the butler, but not by God. Patience. The Bible teaches that, that tribulation worketh patience in the lives of Christians. Tribulation, that is trouble difficulties, miserable situations and uh, circumstances. 
Jesus put it this way, he who is faithful with a little shall be faithful with much. In Potiphar's house, Potiphar noticed that there was something different about Joseph. And so what does he do for Joseph? God blesses Joseph and, and he, he, Potiphar puts him in charge of his house. So what does Joseph learn? He learns how to manage people and things. He learns to lead the people and to manage the resources. He learns to be a manager. Do you see how God prepares him in Potiphar's house? And then when he is, he's tempted, Joseph has the opportunity to demonstrate integrity and dependability. He proved himself dependable. He proved himself a young man of integrity. He proved himself trustworthy. He who is faithful in a little, the Lord will bless with much, for he will be faithful with the much. You see, Joseph was being refined by God. Rejected by his own family, even though he had done nothing wrong, accused of rape, even though he had not done that, and there in prison, alone but not alone. And God blesses him there. Now, how in the world does a person get blessed in prison? <laughs> You're in prison. And yet, God is able to bless him and to, to ease some of the burden. Now, he's given a signet ring from Pharaoh. This is a ring of authority. It's, the, it's the, the signature and the authority of Pharaoh of Egypt. It's given to Joseph. And he's placed over the entire country of Egypt. And Pharaoh goes so far as to say, not, not one hand will be lifted but by your word. And only with respect to the throne am I greater than you. Now, that morning when they came to get Joseph, you have to wonder what was, uh, what was going through his mind. He got up, maybe he was checking on the other prisoners. Just another day in the dungeon. And lo and behold, overnight, as it were, circumstances change. God is able to change circumstances overnight. So what do we learn from these passages in the life of, of Joseph? You might be familiar with Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep and guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Some people live their entire lives in prison. Prisons of their own making. Prisons of their own choosing. The prison of fear. The fear of failure. 
when I used to teach over at the university, I, I would, one of the classes I taught was how to be successful. And one of the examples that I would use was a cemetery. And over in a cemetery, yes, you have all these bones, basically, right? But more tragically, you have a cemetery filled with dreams that were never realized. Dreams that were never realized. Because people lived in the prison of fear. The fear of failure. Oh, I can't do that. You want me to do, I can't do that. You ask someone to serve in Sunday school or, or to serve on some particular committee. Oh, I, I, I can't do that. And I would ask students, what are your dreams? Ah, most importantly, what's God's dream for you? What is God's dream for your life? And do you know what that dream is? Or are you living in a prison of fear? How about the prison of bitterness? The prison of anger, the prison of a spirit of vengeance and, you know, revenge. That too is a prison that keeps people from realizing the dreams that God has for his people. And if anyone could have a spirit of, of vengeance, it was Joseph, but he didn't. And there upon the cross, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is after they had beaten him, whipped him and beaten him, and he was all bloodied, and they plucked out the beard from his face and planted that, that crown of thorns upon his head and spit upon him and slapped him around and insulted him and humiliated him. Yet he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Over in Psalm 119, the longest psalm, verse 71, this little verse, he says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I may learn your statutes, that I may learn your word, that I may learn to trust in you and to trust that your word is true. What are you going through? What are you struggling with? What difficulties are you facing? What disappointments have, have you experienced in your life? God prepares his servants through various experiences and circumstances. And going through those circumstances can result in a servant who is truly usable, humble in the hands of God. 
God makes all things possible because he is omnipotent and he can change a circumstance overnight. He can take one man from prison and make him the prime minister of Egypt. He's done that many, many times. God's people are to be actively engaged in service. He's given us spiritual gifts. Every person who has come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, God the Holy Spirit has imparted to us spiritual gifts. And God has given to us abilities and talents, and it is his intention that we, we use those gifts in service to him and in service to one another and in service to our fellow men and women. And then God honors those who honor him. Notice, Joseph did not take credit. God gave Joseph tremendous insight, not only to interpret the dream, but then he, he goes on and he instructs Pharaoh. He advises him. He says, look, God has shown you what's, what he's going to do. You need to find someone to manage all of this, basically. And aren't you impressed with Pharaoh that he recognized the Spirit of God in Joseph and that Joseph was blessed by God and that it would be in the best interest of Egypt to put Joseph in charge. God honors those who honor him. Over in the writings of Peter, he says, but when you do good and you suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. And he goes on to say, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. This week, I visited with a young man. Well, I, I think he's 52, so he's middle-aged, all right? But when I was 50, those who were, you know, 70 used to say, you're just a kid, you're just a kid. <laughs> but this young man, Cheryl and I knew him when he was 12. He was a member of the church up on Mount Charleston. And there he laid in this bed because he had been shot. Some say attempted suicide by cop. Shot right, right in the midsection. He was laying there. And as I, when I walked into his room and he looked up, <laughs> Pastor Mike looked the same, but the hair is gray. <laughs> So he asked me this question, are you still singing? <laughs> I said, well, of course I'm still singing. And then we, we got to talk. And sharing with him life can be rather difficult. Life can be very challenging. 
And I asked him, I said, why, why did you do that? He said, ah, oh, just, just so tired, so alone, just so depressed, and so alone. I said, you're not alone. You know Jesus as your Savior. Yes, yes. And I read some of the scripture to him, but I said, you know what? You're not alone in feeling that you're alone, but we know better. Everyone goes through difficulties in their lives, but you're not alone. God loves you and he wants you to know that he cares for you. And you're not alone. No matter how you might feel, God is with you. You see, Joseph, the scripture goes on to tell us, but God was with him. No matter the circumstance, the pain, the misery, the disappointment, the sense of, of, of loneliness, yet God was with him. And I shared with him, I said, God is with you. And we prayed. And I said, now, don't give up. Don't give up for God can use you in the lives of other people. Through the very experience that you've gone through and the difficulties that you've gone through, God can use you to touch the lives of others who are going through the same kind of thing. Because God loves you as he loves all people. And what is it that, that you're suffering? What is it that you're going through and the difficulties that you face? And the frustrations. Life can be downright frustrating, can it? And some of the people in our own families can, can frustrate us, can't they? Children. Maybe a brother or a sister or a cousin or a neighbor. And yet, God is at work in our lives, refining us, placing us in that relationship with those people that we might share with them God's love. Someone has put it this way. Their lives are on fire, but you're filled with the water of the Spirit so that when you come into their lives, some of that Spirit can splash onto them. You see, and put out that fire in their lives and make a difference and bring peace and calm and healing and restoration and reconciliation. Or they can find hope, the hope that, that lives in us. So we're going to sing a hymn of invitation here. And the hymn is God's invitation to you. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your heart, your life to the Lord Jesus. Do it now. He cares for you. He loves you. The thief on the cross, all he said was, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus made this promise. Verily, verily, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And maybe you've been attending and you're you know that you ought to join, well then join. Officially join. Come forward and join the church. Maybe you haven't been baptized. Come forward and be baptized. The Lord Jesus commands us to be baptized. 
That is a public profession of, of faith in him as Lord and Savior. A picture of what has already taken place within. So as we sing, you make your decision for the Lord. Let's pray, please. Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus and we thank you for your grace and mercy. We pray for those, for all of us, Lord, who need to make decisions. By your Spirit, move us. And may we be obedient to your Lordship and leadership. For those who need to accept you as Savior, we pray that they'll do that. To follow in believers' baptism, we pray that they will do that. To become actively engaged in your church, we pray that they would do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please, as we sing. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.